today on the Scott Thompson Show on 900 CHML. Who is bigger, General Motors or Donald Trump? Donald Trump getting into a Twitter a Twitter war uh, in what has happened with the GM closures. Uh, here's what Patrick, or sorry, here's what Jerry Diaz has to say, head of Unifor, in regard to moving forward. Well, he's certainly going to roll up his sleeves. He's certainly going to speak to General Motors. He's certainly going to do whatever he can to, to get their attention. And if that means that we have a joint strategy with the United States, I would welcome that. And that is uh, Jerry Diaz speaking about his meeting with the Prime Minister. Let's bring in Patrick LeBlanc, uh, Associate Professor, Graduate School of Public and International Affairs, University of Ottawa, and with us now. Patrick, thanks for the time. Much appreciated. Oh, my pleasure. Three days after this bad news uh, hit us, has, has anything changed? I mean, there's chatter from uh, uh, the union and the prime minister that they're getting together, going to meet with their U.S. counterparts. H- has anything changed? Has anything developed beyond that initial shock announcement? Uh, well, as far as I know, no. Uh, certainly uh, on, on, on this side of the border, uh, the government is said that they, they would look in ways uh, to help workers, um, in a way, find new jobs, either through retraining, certainly uh, will help them financially through um, employment insurance and these kinds of things. But certainly there's been no talk of, of trying to save the uh, the Oshawa plan through subsidies or, or other uh, <clears throat> fiscal incentives, if we if we can call them that. Uh, I think the, the idea from from what I, I can see is, uh, you know, save, uh, pr- protect, the, not protect the jobs, but protect the workers and, and help mm. them find uh, hopefully other jobs and, and ease their way in, 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 into these other jobs, but not just kind of throw subsidy money uh, with the fear that, you know, in, in if even if you, 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 you give financial aid to uh, GM, there's no guarantee that, you know, a few years down the line, they, they, the same decision will not come back. And then, you know, basically the, 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 the plant would survive only because of, of government support. So, so that's the danger in, in, in this particular case. I think uh, the decision was, uh, has a lot to do with uh, changes in the auto industry that are taking place uh, right now that will take place in the future. And uh, it's always dangerous to, to say, okay, well, no, we're going to protect every plant, every job. Uh, because then, you know, it, it, there's no limit, right? Every industry that that, lo- that um, experiences problems or closes plants or closes shops will come to the government's door and say, "Hey, give us uh, give us some money so we can save these jobs." Uh, are you um, are you surprised, or were you surprised that um, leaders of all stripes, well, most, I shouldn't say all. Um, seem to uh, uh, not necessarily fight this. In other words, their their response was to do and 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 should be to you know what they can do for the workers and help the workers during this trans uh, transition period. They they certainly spent more time talking about that than what they could actually do to save those GM jobs. Well, because you know it's not clear what could be done other than just basically subsidize the jobs directly. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and as, as we know, you know, it's basically that that's taking money from taxpayers and, and giving it to the workers. Uh, you know, I'm not saying that these workers are not deserving of, of support, but, you know, you know, it, it, it's, it's not really the, the sort of economic philosophy that, that, that we adopt here in Canada, certainly to say that, uh, you know, government should, should pay, pay for jobs uh, provided by the private sector. No, the idea is to support the private sector and, and of course, when when there are restructurings in, in the way that we're seeing, then the question is is how can we help that restructuring 
to make it, you know, at, at least the dis- least disturbing for for the workers, and and hopefully, you know, they they can find new jobs in in, in other places. That that's really what we what the government uh, is looking into, and I think I think it's it's the right approach. Otherwise, you know, I can, I can only see um, you know what happens if if you know on the news if we say, well, you know, we're protecting twenty five hundred jobs at seventy five thousand dollars. Uh, a year a job and then you know other people will say wait wait a minute you know i'm only making $35,000 why couldn't i get you know the extra money from the government you know and, and so there's also a question of fairness i guess to to some extent to 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 other you know canadian taxpayers and and canadian workers uh, uh the union has has said that there suggested even tariffs being put on uh mexican uh, products coming out of mexico cars coming out of mexico your thoughts on that well, you know, I, I'm not sure how how that would help. I mean, the the auto industry is 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 highly integrated. Uh, would it really help by imposing and and who would impose a tariff? So we would impose tariffs on 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 cars made in Mexico or assembled in Mexico. Well, that would also hurt our own companies that actually sell parts right. uh, to these uh, the assembly plants in Mexico. So you know. I, Already, Mr. Trump has, has imposed tariffs on steel and aluminium, which is in, in part as, as heard, well, in, in good part, I've heard the, the auto industry, and it's not clear to what extent GM's decision is a result of that, although I, I think it's much more structural issue uh, in, in the industry. Um, but, you know, I, I think, and then we, we would end up shooting ourselves in the foot and, and, and hurting other businesses because you're, you're just moving the problem around, and notwithstanding the fact that it would actually be illegal to do so. Uh, so again, we all we all know what it was like negotiating uh, NAFTA 2.0, the new USMCA deal. Uh, uh, the auto industry, a big part of that, certainly was was a big threat from Donald Trump in regard to that. In the end, uh, they signed a deal with Mexico first that was supposed to benefit everybody. What role or or how does the new trade deal fit into all of this? Well, it's not clear how it does. Um, you know, certainly GM has not provided very detailed information as to why they're closing the, the, the five plants that they're closing, including the Oshawa one. Um, you know, and, and, and it's not clear how much that is a result of, of, of the, the, the new NAFTA coming that, you know, we expect would come into line next year. Um, because, yeah, the rules of origin would, would increase, but, you know, the, the, the agreement uh, as as uh, as has been uh, as we know it now um, increases the, the the sort of North American content uh, and and in some cases even forces uh, the auto manufacturers to um, pay a, a certain portion of, of of their workers for the cars they produce uh, in, in North America so that you know, we don't have to pay the tariffs that they should pay sixteen dollars an hour. Well, again, that was going to benefit, uh, or at least it was seen that it would help uh, Canadian uh, producers because, of course, our salaries are much higher. It would work against the Mexicans. Uh, so it's, it's, I, I, I don't think that GM's decision right now is, is very much related to the, the new agreement. I think it's really changes in this industry, the difficulties that um, North American um, car manufacturers like Ford, like GM, like Fiat Chrysler are experiencing uh, in terms of you know meeting um, consumer demands, uh, for instance, you know the sedans that 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 Oshawa built are, are, are you know people are not really interested in sedans anymore. They want to buy pickups, they want to buy SUVs. Uh, now more and more we're talking about the future is electric cars, it's it's, it's, it's autonomous cars. 
Uh, Ford has announced that they're not going to produce any sedans anymore uh, because you know no one people don't really buy and want them, and the margins are very low. So instead, they're going to focus their energies on on higher margin products uh, with bigger volumes. So is that in part you know in good part why the the the, the Oshawa plant is being closed because it was deemed basically not necessary for for GM to meet its consumer demand certainly in North America. And with the trade war with China, certainly that makes also makes it more difficult to use North America as an export base, um, since you know tariffs are being <laughs> imposed on cars on on both sides of the border. So that means that GM and others are gonna, you know, instead of using North America as a platform, they might actually you know move more production to to China. How ironic is it, Patrick, that, uh, you know, we're getting rid of plants like the one in Oshawa because they build sedans because everybody's buying SUVs and pickups as we're on our way to develop electric vehicles? (laughs) (laughs) Does it not seem that there's a couple of rungs of this ladder missing? It's a good point. I've not thought about it that way, but it's... It's, yes, it is very interesting that in in a way, I mean, we just have to look around us, right? When we drive, uh, people in North America and certainly in Canada too, we we drive big cars. So, are electric trucks just on the horizon? Is there something I'm not aware of here, Patrick? Well, I, I, I mean, just on the horizon, that that's not clear. I mean, already we're seeing hybrids, uh, including uh, you know SUVs yeah, and, yeah. And, and pickup trucks. That's starting, mm-hmm. uh, and 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 I would not be surprised that companies like GM and Ford, where and 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 even you know uh, Chrysler, uh, are uh, investing or want to invest heavily to to make these these big gas guzzlers. Uh, in a way, more environmentally uh, efficient, uh, and I think also in part uh, because of potential regulation that will come. I mean, we know California is always pushing the envelope when it comes to uh, fuel efficiency. So if people want, you know, four by fours and and and, and big cars, well, then those cars are going to have to be more efficient yeah. in order to power them for the the sort of you know five six hundred kilometer um, radius that that people expect for their cars. Uh, that means that you know a lot of investment has to go in it, and 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 maybe I think in part that's the the GM logic in saying, well, you know, we got to save money in some places, so we're going to cut costs, we're going to cut maybe some models that are not as as profitable, and uh, reinvest those those sums into uh, what we hope will uh, will be more beneficial uh, down the road. Do you think this is less about General Motors, or sorry, less about the auto industry and, and, and more about General Motors and where they are as a company? Well, I think in, 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 it's very possible. Uh, I mean, we know that uh, the North American car manufacturers uh, you know, have been struggling in a way for decades in, in trying to keep up uh, with their European and Japanese and, and, and Korean uh, competitors. Uh, so, you know, in, in a way, the, the problems are not new. It's not the first time that they actually close plants. And they're not the only, you know, GM is not the only one who's done it. Ford has done it. Uh, and and we, we know that the European um, uh, manufacturers have also done it in Europe in a way to streamline their operations, create economies of scale. But in a way, GM has been on, on the restructuring path for, for a while. Don't forget that uh, I think it was earlier in the year or late last year, they sold uh, their European operations uh, to uh, Peugeot and uh, Citroën. So, you know, they basically did, did, uh, uh, GM has been cutting back very much uh, in terms of, of its loss-making operations. 
so I guess that's just part of the, the this new announcement is just part of that restructuring in order to be you know leaner, meaner, and and hopefully more profitable down the line and and especially survive. Uh, this announcement, when it first came out on the weekend about General Motors, uh, we didn't know the details of it. At that point, we thought it was just um, uh, GM in in Oshawa. Then finding out of it, you know, eventually that it was involving the other four in uh, in America as well. Is this a turning point for the auto industry in Ontario or Canada, or is it a turning point everywhere? Well, in North America, yeah, it, it's hard to say whether this is a turning point. Uh, I mean, it is an industry in 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 in, you know, in transformation because of new technology. We know that in a way, cars are becoming more and more computers on wheels, uh, as opposed to what we've known traditionally in terms of um, you know it's a bit like airplanes now. It's it's all about drive by wire, fly by wire. Uh, so uh, you know the, these companies have to to change their mindset and their approach to how they they build cars. Um, if, if they're going to be able to compete like, you know, with, with the Teslas, uh, which basically can, you know, it, it's still fascinating when you think about a Tesla where remotely the, um, the performance of your car can be changed by basically by a computer. Uh, you can call Tesla and Tesla mm. will, you know, say, oh, I need uh, an extra 50 kilometers to get to the next uh, charging uh, and, you know, say, okay, yeah, no problem. Well, you know, the same way you, you call uh, Rogers for your phone, you know, they tap it right. in the computer and all of a sudden you have extra power to go. Uh, so this is, in a way, the future of cars. Uh, and, 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 but it requires a lot of investment. Uh, and, and traditionally, that's not been the, these companies' forte. And, uh, and for that, I think it's, it's, they, they're just trying to muscle as, as much financial resources as they can uh, to compete against you know, the Googles and the Apples and, and, and all these tech companies uh, that are plowing huge sums uh, into, into cars. Are we? Is it just a matter of time before the other car companies that are assembling in Ontario do the same thing? Whether it's Toyota, Honda, uh, Ford. Well, you know, it's it's difficult to say whether these these other plants uh, are are at risk. Uh, I think you know, in general, uh, most plants uh, are uh, are at risk, but. Still, you know, if this is one of the largest markets in, in, in the world. I mean, China is, is a bigger market, but North America is still one of the largest markets. So, uh, and I doubt that we're going to all con- import all our cars from, from abroad, whether it's from China or, or Latin America. I don't think that's going to happen. So we're still going to continue producing cars in, um, in North America. But, you know, maybe the, the type of plants that we will need will, will be somewhat different, especially if they're... Uh, electrical and, and, and computer driven for, for the most part. Maybe, you know, those, those kinds of, uh, assemb- uh, assembly requirements require less people, less space. Uh, so I, I would not be surprised that, you know, some plants will close, new ones will, will, will open. The big question, I think, as, as, as that you're asking is whether those new plants, if, if, you know, either we, we can refurbish and, and, and modify the existing ones, or if new ones are going to be built, are they going to be built uh, here in Canada, or are they going to be built, um, you know, either in Mexico or in, in the southern U.S., where, again, salaries are lower. That's where the, the, all the manufacturers, the car manufacturers, have been building their, their new plants, whether they're, they're North American or European or, or uh, Korean or Japanese. And, you know, most, that's where the industry has been setting up because of lower uh, labor costs. Uh, so, but if as labor costs become less important, 
and it's more about getting engineers and 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 uh, um, in a way higher higher educated uh, people. Well, again, maybe that will give Canada an, an advantage uh, in 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 that way. So the big question is is how can the government help or governments can help in terms of you know supporting infrastructure, supporting companies. Uh, that can provide, for instance, you know, uh, electrification technology for cars. We 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 have uh, some some uh, uh, you know very good companies in in that sector. So how much can we help with that? Uh, artificial intelligence, all these kinds of things, uh, where uh, not only you know we need to think about this in terms of assembly plants, but also in terms of you know uh, suppliers to to um, the, uh, the the car industry. Uh, as we, we talked, uh, started this conversation, we were talking about uh, the trade deal, NAFTA, and the new USMCA. Is it already outdated? Uh, would it have been different if negotiated after this decision had made had been made? No, I don't think so. Uh, I mean, in a way, it, it, it might have emboldened the, the, the Trump administration even more to try to impose uh, more restrictions to force more um, uh, manufacturing in the U.S. Don't forget that at the beginning of the negotiations, the Americans were asking for a minimum of 50 percent of uh, uh, car content to be uh, manufactured or come from the United States uh, as part of the, the this new NAFTA deal. Uh, we managed to, to, to make that go away. In the end, we agreed to increase the overall North American content to from 60 to 75 percent. But... You know, there's no no guarantee that if if uh, you know this decision had been made before the end of the negotiations, maybe the Americans would have continued pushing uh, for some kinds of additional restrictions that would have hurt both Canada and Mexico. Uh, so it's 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 it, I, I wouldn't say it's outdated. I think you know the, the agreement certainly um, is modernizes the existing NAFTA, especially on issues like digital trade and data flow, which is uh, very important, especially when we're talking about cars, uh, because, you know, cars nowadays and certainly uh, the, the, you know, the next generation of cars uh, are data collection uh, vehicles. And, and, and they go hmm. back to, you know, the head office and they analyze all these things. So data has to be able to, to cross the borders easily. Uh, and, and in a way, the, the USMCA will, will ensure that that happens. Uh, whereas NAFTA has, has no provisions on on any of these uh, these these, uh, these things for data flows and and protecting data and privacy and these kinds of things. When you consider that the Ontario auto, auto industry is shrinking, uh, we know the situation out west with the oil patch and them trying to get a pipeline built to get their uh, product to market and such, keeping prices down. What does this do for the Canadian economy? Well, you know, it's it's we have to be careful to just look at the bad news uh, and then extrapolate from that. Uh, I mean, it's certainly losing a, a, a major car plant, a car assembly plant, and then you know, well, certainly 2,500 jobs at the plant, and then of course uh, suppliers um, that that you know provide parts and and, and services to that plant uh, will be negatively affected. So. Um, you know that that's going to hurt, uh, but you know certainly in, in the grand scheme of things, uh, I, you know it's not necessarily nice to say that for those people who are losing their jobs, but it's still a very small part of, of the Canadian economy. Yeah, I mean even um, the oil sector uh, is you know represents uh, what uh, about the, at least you know less than ten percent of the Canadian economy. Uh, then on the other side, of course, things that are driving the, the Canadian economy is very much investments in. 
um, new, new technologies, artificial intelligence. Uh, let's not forget that all the big players now are, are building uh, labs and, and, and uh, uh, you know, operations in, in Montreal, in Toronto, in Vancouver to take advantage of, you know, basically the brains that we can offer. Uh, so, you know, obviously, we, we, once you accept an economy that uh, is, uh, you know, to some extent based on, on free enterprise and, and, and ideas, um, you know, you, you, you hope that you win more than you lose, but you have to accept that in order to win, you know, there's going to be some, some losers. Hmm. Um, and, and because as technology changes, things will change. And, and in a way, we didn't get here by, by protecting uh, all the jobs and, and, and preventing, you know, plants from closing. Otherwise, uh, you know, it's not clear that... That's a good point, yeah. Yeah. Patrick LeBlanc has been with us, Associate Professor, Graduate School of Public and International Affairs, University of Ottawa. Patrick, as always, thanks for the time. Much appreciated. No problem, Scott. It was a pleasure. The Scott Thompson Show, weekdays from noon to 3 on 900 CHML.